There's so many ways to start a journey, but one of the best ways to avoid starting a journey is to take a first step and then repack. Take a first step and ask yourself whether you're going in the right direction. Take three steps, turn around, decide you forgot something at home. And I feel that way every time I start a new project. And I talked about this at length in Outgrowing Episode 1. Dublux Presents is an opportunity for me to continue a lot of conversations that I've started with folks that I've met here in Phoenix and in my travels. When you talk as much as I do, it's really important to listen. And I've had the privilege of listening to a lot of stories. Um, Folks from all walks of life, different ages, aspirations. And I think that there's an opportunity to offer those individuals a platform to share and express their ideas and beliefs, long format interview. Um, And while I sound really serious, I assure our listeners that this will be very informal. And I hope to expand your horizons beyond your immediate friends and family, co-workers, and expose you, the listener, to folks with something to say. And if we're lucky, the conversation will teach us both uh, something worthwhile to take away. So with that in mind, I hope that you enjoy Dublux Presents. So if you had a, like a channel to broadcast to the world, right? You're sending out a little, little signal. What are the messages that you want to share? Not necessarily specific to each podcast, but like what's important to you in what messages are most important to you to share with people? So I would like to decrease unnecessary suffering. I feel like that is a great Buddhist precept. Diminish the suffering, right? Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. And there are so many ways to reduce suffering. Right? Okay. Um, And those ways can be found through... I mean, this is where we depart from (laughs) traditional Buddhism, I suppose. But just like, I like that as a meta goal, right? Like the meta goal is like, hey, let's share ideas and help people like suffer less diminish suffering increase well-being okay do you think that that like is it more about on an individual level decreasing suffering for you i'm i'm not that important um so so i think we'll go with the individual answer um Right. But, but if you think about it, there's so, if, if you, if I think about how suffering is reduced in my life, right, is either being exposed to a great idea 
that relieve me of suffering, right? Or hearing a story that allowed me to feel a sense of connection, which made it less lonely to be human. Or um, gave me some advice that changed the way that I existed in the world, right? Here's, here's how you avoid falling on your face, right? Keep walking. Um, connected me with the larger human experience, right? And so many stories in history, right? I mean, there's, there's really not that much that's new. If you think about, for example, the Stoics, you know, hundreds of years before Christ, basically solving the riddle of how to, how to manage the human condition in all of its complexity and, and all the philosophers throughout the ages. We're not doing anything new. It's just we're, we're constantly repackaging the perennial wisdom. Um, and, and, it's be, and it's evolving because it's becoming individuated, right? As people become less part of a tribe and more individuals, and maybe some people become less individuals and more part of a tribe. It just seems to be this incredible tapestry. So for me, that that would, if I could do something, right? If like the outcome of all of the work was that people found connection, if people learned something that helped them in some way, if it exposed them to history or, or the, the shared experience, which again is a sense of connection, but kind of abstracted through time in the past. Um, and so those would be my, like my selfish goals. Now, if I think about the value that I would provide um, to others, it's to give them a platform, right? I love being interviewed because I get to really share my thoughts and, and ideally if someone's listening, they're paying attention, right? And in the attention economy, that's wonderful. Like I'm getting paid <laughs> or whatever. Uh, I think for a guest, for someone to all of a sudden develop a sense of agency and find their voice and be somebody who's being listened to is incredibly empowering. And that's the other part of the platform that's fun because I love answering questions, but I also like asking questions of people and I am deeply curious about them. So I think the other part of it is that whoever becomes a guest, whoever comes on the show, whoever wants to participate in the conversation has an opportunity to be in that space, in that, in that place of power at the pulpit, at the altar, right? To be overly dramatic about it. And, and there's something that happens when somebody asks you what you think in like a official forum or even as informal forum where you get to speak and you're recognized as the speaker. That's huge. Yeah. Do you think that you're more of a teacher or a student? I don't know if that's one of those like paradoxical or circular dichotomies, right? Where like you can't be a teacher without being a student. You can't be a student without being a teacher. So in some ways I will always be a student. And in some ways I will always be a teacher, right? Even a student through failure is teaching somebody else how to do something. Right. Um, I, I like both labels and, and, you know, and you can, and, and I think that the larger the audience, the easier it is, um, to lose, to, to communicate humility, 
the easier it is to to lose that perception, right? I mean, like somebody gets on the microphone and is like, I'm a teacher. Who the heck are you to teach me anything? I don't know you at all, right? And the people who, who offer you their time and attention usually are people who know you better and have had some validation to say, this is a person worth paying attention to. So I think throwing your hat into a ring with hundreds of thousands or millions of people who are all shouting, screaming, whispering, talking about whatever, and introducing yourself as a teacher, unless you have deep credentials elsewhere in the outside world, <laughs> is is foolish at best. Well, I guess what I mean more is, do you hope that your podcast teaches people, or do you hope to learn something through your podcast? Both. I mean, absolutely. I mean, anybody I interview, I'm, I'm going to learn a whole lot from, right? And even in the conversation, when we talked about playing, right, and the and the infinite starts right you just keep starting and then you start and then you start and you finish and you start and and that is the practice so so i i'm much more hoping to learn i mean i don't i i think the the label teacher is something that somebody else gives you not something if you give it to yourself that could be like you know like one of those ego traps right but i think that's why i rephrased the question because i mean more like, is the podcast more about teaching? Like, what? I don't know. I guess let me let me try it another. No, the podcast is more about learning and then sharing the learning process. What do you hope to learn? Or, uh, or is there anything in particular that you are hoping to learn about through the process? I think first and foremost, I'd like to learn to be a better listener. Yeah. And I suspect that interviews and long form conversations uh, will help me with that. Yeah. Second, I think, I think it also in the same way that live art got me out of the house and out into the world. It's a way of opening up my mind, my voice outside of the close circle of people who I trust won't misunderstand me and taking that risk. So the second piece is, is exploring the opportunities for new connections. Mm -hmm. So it's the second thing that I hope to get out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but really you said to learn, and I suppose it means like to be less closed, right? To be more open hmm. with my voice and with my thoughts. Hmm. And, and that's tied to learning to take risks, to like to take calculated risks. But also when you think about, you know, what it means to have a public presence, um, if you if if. Well, I think, you know, you said that I think that having a public presence you should count on people misunderstanding you that exactly you know like not only do you have to get over like worrying about it but but actually you have to accept that it will happen oh yeah that's and, terrifying and, <laughs> right it's it's absolutely i mean and that's one of the reasons why um you know i've 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 half stepped in this direction many 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 times and I think, you know, I say this at my own peril, but like the bar has been lowered dramatically 
with the introduction of, you know, TikTok, Twitter, and all of these things that are out there. There are just so many people saying so much stuff that I would, let alone that I don't think it, but like, like I would just never be publicly identified as a person saying such nonsense that I feel like, oh, it's probably safe to, you know, speak my truth, my little truth. Um, and, and that, again, has a lot to do with, you know, my ancestors and, and you know, coming from a communist country under Soviet rule where um, to be seen was dangerous and to be recorded or heard by, by, by strangers could be potentially fatal right? Like to be seen is, is to die. And that's a, and that's a cultural legacy going back, you know, generations for, for persecuted people everywhere. Do you feel like that impacts you? Like the story of your ancestors? Yeah, that's the, well, that's the, probably the only way in which it impacts me, right? Because I never really had direct connection with those people, but there's always been this sense of the danger in in speaking truth, not even truth to power, but just in speaking, right? It's better to be on the, on the edges and, and kind of like, let the loud people do the talking. And, and so, you know, which isn't to say that I'm not a, a, I'm not a person who's often at a loss for words, right? I have a lot to say, but I only say it if I know who I'm talking to or who's listening. Right. And so this is a big in, in, for me on a personal growth level. Right. It's a big risk to record this, even though there's nothing in it that's even vaguely transgressional. Right. Like there's nothing there's nothing edgy about what we're talking about. There's nothing weird about it, except to say that, you know, I'm 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 speaking from my heart and you're recording it for anyone at any time <laughs> to to uh, to criticize, to misunderstand, to. Right. to slander or or whatever right in a time where the public discourse has become quite toxic and people will say something and it'll destroy their lives right yeah <laughs> um i'm not necessarily a person who chooses his words carefully so yeah there's there's an aspect to that can does does that when you think about your history if you don't mind me asking um w when you think about your history and sort of where you come from and like your people and examples that you saw around you was speaking out dangerous or was being seen dangerous? Um, no, speaking out was encouraged when I was a child. I grew up in the Mormon church and the LDS church. <laughs> um, and they got to watch what you say. They're, they're yeah. Listening. I may want to edit that. <laughs> choose which words I'm going to use. Oh, okay. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't mean to just, they feel it's disrespectful to call them Mormon. And so I, and I care about many people who are members still. So, right. I, so there's a sort of respect thing there, but casually I do say Mormon and I don't really think about it most of the time because most people that I spend time with know them as. Them right. As. And that's, and that's the whole point about audience, right? You say something out of context and somebody hears it who gets offended and you had no intention of offending them. Right. And that seems to be very common. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The answer to the question is that it was encouraged. Uh, children in the church 
uh, grow up doing a lot of public speaking. Um, there's lots of opportunities to stand in front of a group and 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 speak from the heart. It's a it's called bearing testimony, and it's it's very encouraged for. Um, yeah, it was encouraged for me to to stand up, shine my light, sing in front of people, display my talents, um, and uh, I think my fear came in later in life. Mm. As one of the things that I've always, I mean, just admired about you, right, is is the strength with which you cast your public image, your public figure. And, and there is a bravery there that I deeply admire. And so, in, in, you know. Thank you. That's I, something I've, that I hope I to learn. I have had to be brave a lot in my life. And, and I am a brave person. And I, and I do uh, make a lot of my decisions fearlessly, I would say. Or I try to. Um, but that's because I was forced to for much of my life <laughs> or I was, I went through circumstances where I didn't really feel like there was another option, mm -hmm. um, but to be brave. Right. Well, that's um, resilience in the face of adversity, right? Where it's just like, you know, the, the comfort zone is great, but nothing grows there. Mm -hmm. It's like, you gotta be real uncomfortable to be forced to like make it happen and that growth is painful but then on the other side of it you find these powers or strengths that you know end up defining you i think also as an artist there's amazing things that come out when you're facing your fear through your art like i kind of like am addicted to that feeling of like pushing myself artistically and and like working on the edge of what i know and like it's it's you could you end up like making things that are really outside of yourself that like when you're when you're brave you're like doing what you don't really think is possible and so so can you give yeah. an example of um pushing yourself to that space and then having that experience um i throw myself into a lot of challenging situations like um you know if i like technically challenging things like shooting in the in the dark with like super flashing neon lights and like people you know performances where people are moving very quickly in the in the dark and so like in order to capture that and and hold like technically it's super challenging and you have to be thinking about so many different aspects of the shot in order to really uh, capture it mm. and like it's really not easy to do because you have to focus on so much at the same time. Um, but it's like fun. Yeah. You know? It's tons of fun. Uh, yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy doing it. I have two questions for you and I would like you to answer each of them with, you know, one to three words. Okay. Okay. Do you, feel fear around this project a little bit do you feel brave yes about this project yes hmm. i don't know what to ask next 
Oh, there's two Different questions. Types of questions, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, how does that sound? <laughs> I think it's great. It's a, it's a. It's an inevitable outcome. It's a. It's an organic progression, and. You know, my biggest fear is that I come off as a self-important know-it-all. What if you do? Well, some people who hadn't made a decision about me or didn't know me or didn't care will have formed an opinion and have made a decision and that could have unintended consequences on my life. And what would you like? I don't know. And then what? So what? <laughs> so <Right>. what? <laughs> Haters gonna hate, you know. Um, so 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 what? <laughs> so some people are gonna think you're, you know, just basically, uh, you know it all. Well, no, I'm trying. I'm just challenging your fear, right? Like, or not right. challenging, well, but I was mostly it. just asking to bring to serve, like to to hear what what your answer was yeah we're right here and we're and we're doing the deal right but but there is and and you and i have talked about this at at great length or maybe i've ranted about it at great length is maybe a better way of putting it but there is there is a danger when you are vulnerable with strangers of course and the level of the interaction in an online setting is profound this recording for example could be used to bar your entry to a foreign country at a time not of your choosing right like there there are so many <laughs> again this is, this just speaks to to you know that that cultural heritage of if you're identified right and and that's and I'm not Jewish, but my uh, grandparents on one side of my family were, 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 you know, in the Holocaust and there are no great grandparents, right? There's a grandfather who escaped a concentration camp and like <laughs> him and his brother survived and everyone else was, you know, either murdered in front of them or, or died around them shortly after. And then those people, that generation, then went on to live and raise kids under communism where there was no trust. Um, you know, my parents were suspected of running an underground radio station and, and were actually imprisoned and uh, uh, chased by the secret police. And when they got home from their detention, they conceived me. So I'm conceived in the in the... <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, there's there's a lot you there. You were conceived under those circumstances, and now we're sitting here recording an underground radio station. Yep. We're doing it. It's big. It's big. But but we really haven't said anything. <laughs> <laughs> Even vague. That's the whole point, right? Is that I don't really have that much to say this, that. 
It's that crazy. Um, un- until we get into those topics, we right? We don't know yet, though. Because we like, may have some very unpopular opinions. Who knows what will happen in our world? And you probably will have some strong opinions about what's going on. Right. And then people, I mean, people get triggered over the silliest stuff these days. So, so yeah, I mean, I'm walking through that fear. I wouldn't have built the studio in the living room and, you know, for the third time, um, if I didn't feel strongly about moving forward down that path and resolving and healing those generational wounds. Mm. That's fascinating. That you like you wouldn't that's not the answer I would expect from somebody <laughs> about what's behind their podcast. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Right. Yeah. Sounds like it's what you should be doing. I'm really glad I'm getting a chance to do it. I mean hmm. Yeah. I think I can't help but wonder though, like whether anybody will listen to it. And, and if anybody does listen to it, whether they'll get, whether they'll get what I'm hoping they get. Right. Because obviously like I just talked for 20 minutes about the value that I hope to receive. And I talked about like how I hope it would, it may help others, Mm -hmm. but that's going to be the ultimate, you know, test. I think, I think we don't, we're, we're here to be of service. Right. And we get, and the only freedom we get, um, is to be of service to someone. Right. Right. Who do you, who do you, the freedom, sorry, let me rephrase the freedom you get is to choose what you're going to be in service to. And if you don't consciously choose, then it will be chosen for you or you'll unconsciously choose the way that people choose to serve, you know, their employer or, Hmm. or their pleasure principles or you know, running away from their fears or whatever. And so like, you're going to be of service. And so it's my hope, right. That like, I'm being of service to someone other than just myself Hmm. because I don't, again, the, the, the fear is that like, Oh, well, you know, maybe this is a limiting belief and now we're on the psychiatrist couch, but like that, that my fear of being too selfish, right. Or just being self-serving. I'm sitting on my own couch recording my own voice for the internet with the audacity to think that this is going to like resonate with someone. They're going to be like, oh, thanks for speaking to me. Right. But the good news is that, you know, if you don't like it, there's five million other people who aren't that worried about whether or not you're going to listen. <laughs> well, and the like, maybe no one will listen to it. Yeah. Maybe um, not. But either way, you still made something of importance to you right and and maybe that inspires somebody else to follow suit but also like maybe that prepares you for the next thing that you do like maybe it's just about getting over your fear yep well said (laughs) we don't even need a podcast now we are (laughs) ending all right well that concludes the series (laughs) see you guys next week